our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Simran. How are you doing? Hi, Sonia. How are you? I'm doing great, you know, apart from the fact that I'm kind of homeless right now. I don't feel like homeless is the correct terminal. Do you mind just diving into that for one second longer? Guys, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it like that. I'm going to get cancelled. Yeah, at the moment... I am in a new city. I'm in Toronto, Canada, and... You're in a new country. I'm in a new country, which is also a new city, so what I said wasn't incorrect. (laughs) I just feel like you downplayed it a little bit. You're halfway across the world. I know. It took me a cool 38 hours to get here. Yeah, the Toronto rental market is absolutely insane. We've been looking for months. We're here going to view places and we'll go view a place and then there'll already be like five offers on the place and our offer just looks like absolute crap. So we have had zero luck and it's very demotivating. So that's why I was a little bit emotional, a bit dramatic. Please forgive me. Sonia was like, hey, I've had two breakdowns and I was like, that doesn't sound normal. And she was like, I think it does. (laughs) I was like, in this economy, if you don't have a breakdown, like I feel like that's abnormal. I'm like, why are you so sane, you know? I was talking to a friend because she was like, how's Sonia? And I was like, she's good, but you know, like she's having trouble with apartment hunting. And she was like, didn't Sonia try to look for apartments before she arrived? And I was like, do you think she just turned up and was like, hmm, should probably start looking? Like, that girl has been looking for months. One thing to know about me is that I'm a planner. I love to over-prepare and I love to plan. I was looking as soon as we kind of got approved for this visa that I'm on, and that was back in Feb. Like, we've been looking for ages. We've been working with a realtor. It's just a little bit slow and the market's insane right now. I overheard a conversation at a cafe, and it was so funny because it seems to be all that people are talking about here. Like, supply is down, but demand is up because everyone's moving back to Toronto after the pandemic. So... That's the biggest issue that I've got going on in my life. What is the biggest issue going on in your life, if you can describe it in one minute or less? In one minute or less, I would say burnout. It's happened again two times in one year. I 
I like told it to a friend. I was like, hey, I think I burnt out. And she spit her water out laughing because she was like, you didn't know. And I was like, oh, okay. What do you mean? Anyway, so you write a book. It takes it a little bit out of you. So what? You know, but I'm working on it. It's interesting to see you navigate this burnout compared to your first one. Like, I feel like you know more now and you're more self-aware. So yeah, you are burnt out and everyone else could recognize it. And it did take you a while to recognize it, but I'm glad now that you've accepted it. Of course, you're navigating this way better based on what you know compared to the first one. So you have learned a few things. The first one was like when I was writing the book, it was in January. I was like crying on the floor, just, you know, not having a good time. And this time I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to write in a diary. I'm going to rebook that counselor that I used to talk to. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to do little daily walks, which is hard to do when you're burnt out. But I think I just have more like strategy around like putting some barriers up and, and saying no. But anyway, I'm burnt out. <laughs> you're struggling to find a place to live. Let's get into stock market crashes. In this week's episode, Sonia, I really want to hone into some of the myths that get like thrown around because yes, the stock market is crashing. Yes, stocks are at an all-time low. Things are not going so well within any industry, but especially tech. And that was kind of the industry that was doing the best in 2020 and 2021. You know, Tesla, for example, was skyrocketing. So were so many other brands. And yet now we're not doing so well in the stock market. That's, that's a fact. The stock market is crashing. But there are a few myths around stock market crashes that I want to get rid of, kick out the door, slam the door shut because they are going to affect how you invest and how you sleep easy at night. And I just don't think any single one of us should be stressing over things that we don't need to stress about. It's super important to me because we talk about blocks that people face before they start their investing journey. And a lot of it has to do with fear and Yeah. So I'm glad we're talking about it today because I feel like people are going to walk away with just a renowned sense of emotional discipline after this episode. A renowned sense of emotional discipline. Who are you? (sighs) I know some words. So the first myth around the stock market crash is that If you invest conservatively, you'll avoid risk. That is a myth. People throw around terms like recession-proof investment, or if you invest in this, it's going to be okay. Or if inflation goes up, then you should invest in gold and you'll be 100% fine. And the truth is that no investment is going to help you avoid risk in a crash. All investments, to some degree, are affected by the stock market. They're just not affected in the same amount. So you think of it like a scale. You might have like small cap companies. So companies that are small in size, they're new, they're noteworthy, they're like your little startups. They're going to crash a lot more in stock market crashes because they have a lot more to lose. And you're probably going to dump that new startup before you dump, you know, Google. One is so much more stable in your eyes, but Google's also going to drop because that's a tech stock and tech stocks, you know, don't do so well in crashes. And then you've got bonds and you've got other companies and funds that won't drop as much. Same with gold. They won't drop as much, but they still drop down to some bit. And so what you need to know is that even in the 2020 crash, the latest crash that we had before this one that we're in right now, defensive stocks still dropped. And defensive stocks are things that fall into like consumer staples, healthcare, utilities, the kind of brands and companies that often we still need even when the market drops. And therefore you think, well, 
people will always need fuel, they'll always need healthcare. So these companies should do really well and I won't need to worry. But if you think that you can avoid risk by investing conservatively in a market crash, that's just not going to fly. It's important to understand what your risk profile is, right? Because there's all different types of risk profiles and some of us are more risk adverse than others and that's completely fine. I think in conclusion what Sim is trying to say that there's no such thing as a completely safe option so get a grip. Wow get a grip (laughs) that was such an evil laugh. Okay sorry listen guys I'm burnt out so you can't find a place to live please excuse our snarkiness. It's also midnight in Toronto I just want to put that out there. So the second myth is if the stock market has just crashed a bear market is ahead. Now I just want to give everyone a a quick little reminder of what a bear market is. So a bear market is just when the market has prolonged price declines and typically it is when the market falls about about 20% from recent highs. Now a lot of people assume that when the stock market crashes that this bear market is ahead which I get the sentiment behind it, like when you're going through something and we're going through like economic crises, if you will, everyone just thinks it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So it's this preemptive panic that continue the cycle of stocks tanking and not actually economic indicators of like government decisions, for example, how the housing market is doing, etc. It's this emotion of panic that drives investors to make certain decisions that keep stocks tanking. So it's almost like an evil cycle. It's so interesting because we do this in our everyday lives where, you know, if you wake up and you like you accidentally miss the alarm, you're like, well, the rest of the day is going to be terrible. And then you stub your toe and you like start crying and you just feel like it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And I think we do this exact same thing with the stock market where we're like, hmm, it's crash. So it has to turn into a bear market. But I mean, March 2020, I think that was a good example where the stock market crashed but it didn't turn into a bear market. So the third myth is that if the market crashes today, it will likely continue crashing tomorrow, which is kind of, I guess, myth number two, the idea that a normal crash has to turn into a bear market. This is kind of on a day-to-day scale rather than, you know, a big cycle scale. So a JP Morgan study looked at a decent amount of time, so Jan 2000 to April 2020. So we're looking at 20 years of data and it found that seven of the market's 10 best days, so out of the 10 best days over 20 years, seven of them actually came two weeks after the worst days. So what I mean by that is when the market dips, usually within the next two weeks of that dip is when the biggest peaks happen. So if you're looking for a time to invest low to get lots of money, actually you're more likely to find those big jumps right after crashes, yet we have this myth that if the market crashed today, it's going to crash tomorrow, it's probably going to crash in the next, you know, two weeks. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. 
Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible, with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So, how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. I would love this crystal ball that people are viewing to make these assumptions. Do you have this crystal ball? You know what, Sonia? At the end of the day, no one has a crystal ball. (laughs) The issue with this misconception is that you might have like a little bit of extra money and you might go, hmm. How should I invest this? You know, you dollar cost average every day or every every day, every week or every month. And then you might go, well, the market dropped. It might drop more. Let me just wait it out. But the truth is that if you are in a crash right now, it is not very likely that this is just going to continue to go downwards forever and ever and ever. In fact, on March 12th, 2020, the S&P 500 dropped by 9.49% and it was the second worst day in history besides the Black Monday and Tuesday crashes that we saw many, many years ago. So this was a big drop, right? And everyone really panicked. But as we know, and as Sonia mentioned, that crash jumped back up so fast. And the impact of missing just a few of those best days after sell-offs, that can really have a staggering effect on, you know, how your investments do. At the end of the day, no one can predict the bad days. No one can predict the good days. Dollar cost averaging is your best friend. It's your best buddy. It's your ride and die. It is going to be with you through thick and thin. It is going to stand by your side when no one else will. And that is why the myth of if the market crashes, it's going to continue to crash just doesn't stand. The last myth we're going to be talking about, and I just, I find this one so interesting because when a stock market crash is happening, you know, the world has turned upside down, apparently, when these things are happening, I feel like there's two extremes of people. You've got one extreme of I'm pulling every single cent out of my investments out of the stock market and I'm going to save it. I'm going to hold on to it. That's my safest bet. I am in panic mode, you know, that is one extreme. And then you've got the other extreme where people like, oh my gosh, look at these sales, sweetie. I'm going to put every single cent of spare cash that I have, maybe even borrow a little bit of money and invest it because the market's crashed. Where would you lie on this scale? I think I have been both people and I'll be honest. You know, different times of my life have shown different sides of me and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Yeah, that's okay. When Sim was in her, I'm going to invest every single cent that I have phase of her life, she ended up buying a house with that. So I guess it works out for some people. Anywho, and that brings me to the last point of, or the last myth that we want to bust today. And that is investing as much as possible just because of the market crash. Sure, panic is a huge type of emotion that drives the market in these times, but also is FOMO. So the fear of missing out, which 
which is where that mindset of everything is so cheap, let me invest a little bit more. Well, investing a little bit more or like to that extreme extent isn't always the greatest idea because I feel like 2020, with the examples that Sim has mentioned, or all these examples of everything bouncing back so quickly. I feel like we've discovered this year that we've been in the reds and in limbo a little bit longer than that period. And that's why people are getting a little bit more antsy. A hundred percent. I think for a lot of us, the first market crash that was, you know, kind of scary was March 2020. Or for some people, they invested after that. So they haven't even had to experience it, but they've heard of it. And so now that we, like you said, we're in a time where, you know, it's been like 33 days and it's like, hmm, the market still hasn't recovered. And then it's like, you know, 60 days, 90 days. <laughs> you know, now we're like halfway through, more than halfway through the year. I think it definitely makes people angsty. It's made me angsty and I'm someone that knows better. Do you feel the same way? I feel the exact same way. Here's the thing. I feel like we talk a good game about a few steps that you might want to look at or, in our personal opinion, things that we did before we started investing. And that was having things like an emergency fund, making sure that we didn't have any high interest debt before we started investing money that has absolutely no obligation to return money to us. I think that's something that people kind of forget as well because having your safety nets of emergency fund and getting rid of like consumer debt or high interest debt, that is better than scoring stocks on a really low price. And it kind of echoes the point that you just said earlier as well. It's nice that these myths kind of have a flow on effect to each other. And that is that we don't have a crystal ball. So just because something rebounded really quickly in 2020, as we're discovering right now in 2022, it's not always the case. And while we can make assumptions and kind of zoom out and have this bird's eye view of the market and previous crashes, we know that we recover and these things exist in cycles. But like those inward trends, they're not, they're not always your safest bet. It's just so helpful to hear that, you know, hey, little reminder, you don't have to invest so much money just because the market's crashed. Because I think you see it a lot on social media or like finance bro accounts and it's like, the market's crashed, this is sell day. Like pop all your money in, like sell your house, sell your, I don't know, sell your phone, sell your kids, like get rid of all your money and invest. It's like, hey, look, yes, the market's dropping. Yes, it's sales day. And yes, we know that the market will hopefully recover and, you know, a couple, you know, X amount of time, you don't have to be stressing yourself out trying to scramble and make use of the sale day. It's like if you were in your local mall and your favorite store went on sale, yes, you'd be a little bit bummed if you didn't have the extra cash to go out and like rebuy your favorite liner now that it's on sale, but it's not the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? And it's not the only sale day that you're going to experience. Does it suck? Yes, but do you have to buy... 10 liners just to make sure you got the sale? Probably not. 
I just want to point to two previous episodes that we've done recently. One is if we're changing our, you know, strategy if um, now that we're in a bear market and also some recession-proof industries looking at the silver lining of things because at the end of the day when we go through these cycles, if you believe in your strategy and you also have the ability to adjust what you're doing based on the new situation that you're in. So for example, me moving countries, I'm investing a little bit less because I just need a little bit more disposable income right now compared to Sim who's investing a little bit more because she ain't moving anywhere. You ain't going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Having that ability to make more disciplined decisions and Sim and I have been in the game for a few years now and this is actually our first or our second crash I guess that we're experiencing and where I am now compared to like the 2021 two different places it's not an overnight thing that you have this discipline so if you're listening to this and you're like oh my gosh like Sim and Sonia are telling me to do one thing I see another thing on social media and like my tv and my newspaper is saying something different it is a talent in general to turn the volume down on all of that noise and just go back to your investing goals and what you have set up your strategy to be and just believing in yourself. Do you know what I mean? I think that sums it up so perfectly. So I just, I couldn't say any better. So in summary, the myths that we are busting, that we have busted, we have put our stamp of busted on this. If you invest conservatively, you'll avoid risk busted myth number two if the stock market has just crashed and a bear market is ahead busted number three if the market crashes today it is likely to crash tomorrow busted a lucky last sonia i'll give you the honors invest as much as possible just because the market crashed i'm not saying it busted all right that's probably a good place to wrap it up now before we go of course if you want to find more about us girls that invest on tiktok on instagram on facebook our facebook group is popping off which is absolutely crazy you can buy our book which is out now um, and already a bestseller which again very crazy and now to the disclaimer to finish off our disclaimer so girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors the advice from girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances Always do your research and please use your due diligence.